the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. My name is Ron Cabuno, and I'm your host. It is October 26th. Thank you very much for tuning in, my fellow Youngstonians, my fellow Polandians, Polandites, Canfieldians, Austintonians, and of course, let's not forget our Boardmanians, our Boardmaniacs. We'll get to you in a second. Anyways, I wanted to let you guys know that you really should check out yesterday's episode with Mr. Chris Stanley. It was a fantastic episode. We talked about critical race theory, the good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly, everything you can imagine, at least what you could fit into 20 minutes. It was really cool. Check it out. Um, it is chilly today. It is going to be very cold. It's actually one of the worst kind of days. I don't know if you are with me on this, but the worst kind of day is when the hottest point of the day is at like midnight and you could just see the temperature plummeting as the day goes on. That is not how it's supposed to work in my book, but we will persevere. Just make sure you bring that extra coat, jacket, or undershirt on your way to work today. Also, those leaves falling off the tree only mean one thing. It is the fall classic. The World Series starts tonight. And in case you didn't know, because I didn't either, Houston is taking on, wait, yeah, the Atlanta Braves? Okay. The Atlanta Braves are good again or something. And they're taking on the perennial cheaters, but this time being led by the lovable loser of many postseasons, Dusty Baker. And uh, it's a coin flip who's going to win. And I don't think many people really care. I don't know. If you really love baseball, tune in. It starts tonight. All right, getting back to our board maniac problem. It looks like the school board meeting that was held last night was a raucous one. I saw some photos and there were people that brought signs. This looked like college game day. It was insane. And uh, we had our man on the ground there, Gary Hasse, and I'm hoping to have him on the show maybe tomorrow so he could tell us about what he saw there and what went down. Turns out the mask mandate stays in place and nothing really changed. It's just more people were able to voice their opinions in a really loud way. Gary actually was one who started the pro-masking group in the Boardman School District, and I commend him for that. I just worry, though. I think we might be coming to an inflection point, and it's going to be for the better. Hopefully, when cases of COVID go so low that we can actually, at a state and local level, start to lift all the mandates that we have, at least for masking and possibly later for the vaccinations. I don't know how this will play out in the future because once rates drop so low, it'll be for the public good and for the benefit, but people are going to start to say, well, what was it all for? Well, turns out it was to mitigate how bad it got at its worst, but then now when everything seems to be at a low roar, who then really gets to claim victory? All I care about is stopping the spread and getting as many people protected as possible and as few people dying. So whoever wants to claim victory by that happening, that's fine. But I think eventually the masks will have to come off, but they're on for now. I know that if you've turned on a device in the past couple of days, you've probably seen something regarding the Alec Baldwin shooting. And I think I've seen about enough of it now because yesterday I found out that Donald Trump Jr. was selling t-shirts on his website saying something to the effect of, Guns don't kill people. Alec Baldwin kills people. If you laughed, 
I get it. Some people do have sick senses of humor. But if you support somebody like that, who's looking to profit off of the death of a totally innocent, hardworking individual, just so they can spite somebody who made fun of their daddy, then you have really messed up priorities. Anyways, let's see what's going on in the political world. Well, on the national level, we still have quite a bit of hemming, hemming and hawing going on in terms of what is going to be in this reconciliation bill. And I gotta say that it is getting more precarious by the day because even though they're gonna be ironing out the numbers, I'm starting to think that no matter how much they spend, they're never gonna get the credit that they deserve or enough that would outweigh all the criticism that they're going to get for spending all this money. I was just listening to somebody today that said that essentially if what they propose gets pared down to helping just the poorest individuals in the nation, then those middle class individuals who only hear about the spending and got to reap none of the benefits aren't going to be very looking very favorably at the Democrats come election time. That makes a lot of sense. And you got to wonder if they should go high instead of going low only to appease people on a budgetary front, you know, in the short term, as opposed to actually let them see tangible benefits that would probably help them at the polls later on, not to mention benefit all those people. Really interesting and that's yet to be seen. I would really like to take a deep dive or at least try to explain everything that is in this reconciliation bill just so we can talk it out amongst ourselves sometime this week. So look forward to that. Lastly on the show today, I just wanted to talk about the Independent Redistricting Commission that put forth some maps that eventually got challenged by the Democrats and are now sitting at the Ohio Supreme Court. The independent commissions were something that we voted on as Ohioans in hopes that we were going to get non-gerrymandered districts to vote in. Well, it turns out that there's a lot of wiggle room in the constitutional amendments that were put in place and Republicans are trying to take advantage of that. For example, in the Ohio House of Representatives, the Republicans right now have a 67-32 advantage currently, but with their new proposed maps, they say they will change their advantage to only being 62-37. So 67-32 to 62-37. Sounds like they're, you know, kind of doing something in terms of keeping things more fair. That is, until you realize that the combined percentage for statewide races was only actually a 54 to 46% difference favoring the Republicans. Which then, of course, would mean that their 62-37 is still very far skewed from the actual numbers that you're seeing reflected at the polls. The Republicans are doing this because the clause said that they only have to reflect voter preferences within the last period since the last census. And that could mean anything because they decided to use their highest percentage year as their benchmark instead of a mean average. Essentially, one year they did really, really well at the polls versus the Democrats, and they decided to use that as the measuring stick as to how they wanted to accord the House seats. The constitutional amendment was supposed to focus on reflecting voter preferences. And as you can tell, that proposition is not coming close to where the numbers actually lie. And you need to look no further than people like Frank LaRose and Governor Mike DeWine in seeing that they're not too happy with these propositions either. 
They were hoping for something that would be a little more straightforward. So we'll keep an eye as to how this all shakes out. But I just wanted to say that it's really unfortunate to see this playing out, especially after we voted to have things done as independently as possible. Because if there's a system that's available that would keep partisan gerrymandering out of the drawing of the maps, we certainly haven't found it. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, the Google Play, or all those other places you find podcasts, and tell a friend. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.